Dave and Mindy Heine. Thanks, Travis. <clears throat> so I had the pleasure of serving with Travis in the junior high ministry for about a decade. So I saw a different side of Travis than maybe what you're seeing here. <laughs> but it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, thanks for having us, Travis. I thought it'd be fun if uh, I introduced Mindy and she introduces me. So uh, Mindy is, uh, grew up in a town of Freeborn, Minnesota. Anybody know population of Freeborn? 300 people, including uh, cows and horses. She, uh, she has an incredible memory, so even today she will stun our kids by reciting word for word the speech that she gave in a sixth grade play about Sourdough Sally. <laughs> she, uh, she, after college, took a year and traveled with Up With People, which is a, uh, I don't know if it's around anymore, but it's a singing and dancing group, traveled all over the world, met a lot of people, understood a lot of cultures. I will tell you that our two daughters inherited their dancing skills from my wife. Uh, my son inherited his dancing skills from me. So, <laughs> She is uh, the hard work, hardest working person I know. Um, and somebody that if, you, if she sees a need anywhere for somebody who's in need, she will do whatever it takes to meet it. Uh, and she's the kind of person that if, if you ever saw her laugh on uh, YouTube or TikTok, you could not help laughing so hard that you cry. Her laugh is absolutely contagious. So that's my wife. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, so this is my husband, Dave. Um, he is originally from Southern California, and story has it that he moved here as a middle school boy on the coldest January day, 20-something um, below. So he was a very unhappy middle school boy at that time. Um, he tore his Achilles tendon last July, uh, but he has worked very hard and has recovered well, is running now. So we're, we're ready to take on anyone in pickleball, which was how the injury happened. So let us know if, uh, if you want to take us on. Um, this guy dislikes beets so much that I can't even order them um, if I'm sitting at the same table. So I've just completely crossed that off my list of things to order. Um, he is an amazing vacation planner. We've gone on some great adventures, um, and he's great with the details, so I'm grateful for that. And uh, he's a super loyal guy. He was with the same company. Well, he went, he went to school for a really long time before I knew him um, and uh, ended up working with the same company for 33 years, has recently left that and, and kind of went out on his own and does some uh, CEO peer advisory group leading and works with CEOs. So uh, really is passionate about helping leaders achieve their potential. So hardworking guy. So I have to tell you that when we got the, uh, the text from Travis saying, hey, we would love to have you and Mindy come speak to our group on communication, our first response was we laughed. <laughs> like, let's talk about communication. Um, but we're going to give it if, uh, you know, sounds like my mic is, well. <laughs> I will tell you that neither one of us grew up in a Christian family, so... When we got married, we, we are the couple that bought every book you can imagine, read all the books on marriage, but read all the books on parenting, trying to figure out how do you do this thing. And it's been a work of uh, trial and error in some ways over time, and I will tell you that we learned a lot over the years and are still learning because uh, we still have not mastered this thing, but hopefully we can share some things that we have learned along the way 
that uh, will trigger some things for all of you that uh, give you some takeaways here. So several things that uh, have helped us. One is <clears throat> we developed a set of family values uh, when our kids were really little that we try to live by. We have it posted on our refrigerator and referred to it over and over and over again. Maybe a lot of you have done that. But uh, love God, love others, be responsible, be healthy, and have fun. And we have bullet points on each of those. So it's not just titles, but behaviors you can kind of measure yourself against. So that's been kind of a foundation of how we've tried to lead our family. And I will say uh, we're going to walk through six points here that we've learned and tried to find helpful. So one is the duh point, which is make sure that we are Number one, in close communication with our Father. Because if that isn't happening, whatever we're doing in communication with each other breaks down. So that's the big thing, is make sure that we're in close unity with Him, every, trying to draw on Him for, sor for our source of strength and wisdom and compassion and kindness and listening and all the things that maybe we're not good at, because uh, that's sort of step number one. I'm going to pause for a second so I can introduce our family. He probably didn't know I put this picture up. Um, so our oldest is uh, Brienne. She's, let's see, second from the, your left. Uh, she is a sophomore at Liberty University. Um, Megan is in the middle. She is a senior this year and uh, is, I don't know, can we say it or not? She hasn't announced yet. She's exploring a, a university in Texas, which we won't. She has not made the announcement, so we won't either. And then uh, Nathan is on the far left, and he just passed his driver's test. Thank you, Jesus, on. I don't know, but that brings about a whole another set of prayers. So anyway, so we are done teaching kids how to drive. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, moving on. All right, communicate with God. Our number two uh, when it comes to communication, and this one is often harder than it should be, is really giving each other the undivided attention uh, that we each deserve. Um, that means no phones, no TV out of the corner of our eyes. Um, to try to make sure as we're communicating with each other that I'm not right in the middle of making dinner, or he's not you know, checking an email for work or some other task, um, and that we're not being distracted by these guys, that they're not, their needs aren't um, distracting us and keeping us from being focused on what it is that we're trying to communicate with each other. So the other thing I would say is beware of timing. So, and this is something that's taken us a long time to learn. Uh, sometimes, rather than jumping into, here's my issue, or here's my concern, or here's my request, uh, you got to read your spouse a little bit to make sure that either they're not too busy to hear what you're saying, or they're not in an emotional state where they're ready to hear what you're saying. So kind of like, we may have the energy and the urgency, but rather than just blurt it out and then get the backlash, um, read, this, read the situation and say, I'm going to park that until a different time. So that's been something that's been hard, to, uh, hard for us to learn over time. Another would be try not to wedge big conversations into small time slots. So make sure, kind of think about what is my issue? Is it a five-minute issue? Is it an hour-and-a-half issue? Um, because when you try to rush something, you get into shorthand. And rather than hearing, you end up talking. So make sure that we are allowing enough time for the topic at hand. And then uh, try not to pile on. So 
sometimes you get into a discussion and you're like, okay, we addressed that issue and that was the objective. How about these other three issues that I've been piling up to deal with? Yeah, create other, other time and space for that because otherwise, you know, things kind of go sideways. All right, number four, uh, and this has been a big one for us as well, and that's remember your differences. Uh, early on in our marriage, we went to a conference uh, based on the book Love and Respect by Egrich, and that was really significant for our marriage because we learned really early on that Dave hears best when he's feeling respected, and I hear best when I am feeling loved, which is kind of the basis of that book. So, um, so that's something we've continued to struggle with throughout our whole marriage, but it is that reminder um, we pull that book out or pull some of those concepts out to when we need to kind of reshift a little bit and uh, remember that we are wired differently and that God calls us differently. Um, we also, um, another difference is uh, I have lots of words and Dave does not have as many words. And uh, he often comes into our communication very organized and well thought out. I just dump all of it, like, Wah. and uh, so to just kind of remember that uh, he needs, he remembers that there's going to be, there's a point at some point that I will come out of all my words, um, and uh, he's great at always coming back and, and doing the old, like, okay, so what I hear you saying is, which really helps me, like, yes, that was it, because I may not know going in to my dump what exactly my point is, but he's good at figuring that out. And also the whole, uh, um, there are times in communication where we're really looking to have a problem solved, and there are times when we just want to be heard, that there's just a time for listening. And you may all remember that video that was on social media for a long time with the, uh, it's not about the nail with the, the woman has the nail sticking out of her head and she's talking about, oh, I've just got this headache. There's this pressure in my head and he's just sitting there like, well, you've got this nail. And she gets so mad because she's like, you're trying to solve it. Just listen, and, you know, just listen. And so she's like, well, there's it's his head and I just can't figure it out. And he's like, yeah, that must be really hard. And she's like, you know, great. Like it, sometimes we just want to be heard and not have the problem solved. So. so how many solvers do we have out there? Show of hands. Yep. So you all know that you got to zip the lip and just nod your head. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Tell me more. Keep that solution in the background and just bring it out when it's the right time rather than, well, what if you just did this, you know? <clears throat> so then let's talk about conflict. So anybody here ever engage in a conflict with your spouse? So there's a book by the Gottmans. Has anybody read the Gottman book ever? So the Gottmans are non-believers, but they wrote a book, a research book on, they looked at like 75 different aspects of relationships and said there's one key to um, not getting divorced. And that key was how you handle conflict. And of course, this was a non-Christian book, so we would say the number one key is Christ, but... Learning conflict management skills is a huge deal. So I hope all of you understand that and have done some things about it. This has been something, again, we didn't grow up in a Christian home. We didn't see any model for it. So our deal is um, when we're in conflict, number one is go to prayer. And try to advocate our views to each other when we see we're indifference. 
just pause, sit down, pray together, and try to have God shape our hearts to be understanding rather than trying to be in persuasive mode, try to forgive and ask for forgiveness, um, because that's kind of where it all starts for us. And again, it took us a long time to learn that. Uh, Other things about conflict we've tried to apply is assume the best of the other person. Because sometimes when you're in conflict, right, your conclusion is, what in the world is going on with this person? How could they possibly think that way? What is their underlying agenda here? And all that stuff is head trash. So I would say, you know, to the extent that you can assume the best of the other person, that's helped us. Uh, Listen with more than your ears. So this goes back to the point of give each other attention because sometimes you hear with your ears, but you're missing the body language, you're missing the facial expression, you're missing the size. Um, So make sure that you're bringing your whole self to the listening. Um, There's a phrase in the military called hua. Ex-Marines here? So what does hua mean? So here's what I heard that hua means. <laughs> H-U-A stood and acknowledged. Heard, understood, and acknowledged. <laughs> Maybe you missed that class in the Marines. <laughs> no, it could be another branch. Um, the other thing I would say is stay in the present. So how easy is it when you're in conflict to say, okay, this relates to an issue we talked about three months ago, and that relates to an issue we talked about two years ago, and drag all that up. We've learned to kind of keep, keep things in the past and just deal with the present, because that just is like adding, adding gas to the fire, right, when you're doing that. Uh, and then try to find a win-win. So go into it saying, I am not just trying to win the argument. I'm trying to create a win for my wife, given her perspective and how she sees things, because sometimes, particularly with uh, two firstborns, which we are, there's a competitive streak here, where sometimes it's, yeah, see, I was right. And so being right is not the way you want to resolve an argument. It's trying to say, what's a win for me? What's a win for her? All right, and our last point. is probably a no-brainer, but really to just prioritize, set time aside to prioritize the relationship. To be honest, we were really good at that when the kids were little, to get sitters, to take weekends away. But as they got older and in the teenage years that were just so busy with sports and activities, we really fell away from that and and let those date nights go and, and let those weekends away go. And we definitely found that the times those stages where we prioritize the relationship set time aside for the two of us, our communication was just automatically better. We were just more connected, and um, it definitely made a difference. So the last thing I would say is uh, bringing scripture into this. You know, we read when we got married, sort of the Ephesians mutual submission stuff, and we decided as a couple that we were going to be best off when I was focused on meeting her needs and she was focused on meeting my needs rather than me focused on, is she meeting my needs and her focused on, is he meeting my needs? 
So, you know, if you think about guys, speaking to the guys here, you know, Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So it's sort of one of these judo things that God does where, you know, we gain by giving up. So to the extent that we can see marriage as a way that God refines us in the iron sharpens iron kind of way, and not just look for, you know, how can I win? How can I get what I want? But use, use marriage to, you know, God uses, see how God is using marriage to shape us and refine us. And when we submit, when we mutually submit, that's when things go the best. Rather than saying, I'm going to get what I want. And if I get what I want, then I will treat you the way you deserve to be treated. So, I mean, God's design for marriage is awesome. And if we follow that design, we're in way better shape than if we try to figure it out on our own. So that's our thoughts. Thank you, Dave and Mindy, and I appreciate you guys helping us navigate through.